Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. Israel's legal team responded on Friday morning, January 12th, to accusations brought by South Africa at the UN's top court, The Hague. South Africa had alleged that Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza, following Hamas's October 7th terror onslaught, constituted a state-led genocidal campaign aimed at eradicating the Palestinian population in Gaza. The legal advisor for Israel's foreign ministry at the beginning of the second day of hearings criticized South Africa for presenting a, quote, grossly distorted story with curated allegations. The advisor, Tal Becker, asserted that if there were acts of genocide, they would have been per perpetuated against Israel. He condemned South Africa's claim that Israel lacks the right to self-defense against Hamas. Quote, it is respectfully submitted that the application and request should be dismissed for what they are, a libel designed to deny Israel the right to defend itself, according to law, from unprecedented terrorist onslaughts. It continues to face and to free the 136 hostages Hamas still holds, said Becker. Malcolm Shaw, representing Israel, contended that Israel's leadership did not demonstrate, quote, genocidal intent following the October 7th attacks by Hamas. According to Shaw, thorough examination of the official and binding policy decisions made by relevant Israeli authorities clearly indicates the absence of any genocidal intent in those decisions. In the past day, the IDF reported that its troops killed dozens of Hamas terrorists in operations in southern Gaza's Khan Yunis and Magazi neighborhoods in the Strip Center. In Magazi, the IDF states that the 36th Division eliminated approximately 20 Hamas terrorists, including a commander from the terror group's elite Nukba force. In Khan Yunis, the 98th Division conducted an airstrike on a building used by Hamas, resulting in the death of seven terrorists, according to the IDF. Among those killed in the strike was another Nukba commander who participated in the October 7th onslaught, as per the IDF's information. Number two. In New York, former President Donald Trump barred from delivering a formal closing argument in his New York civil fraud trial, seized an opportunity to address the court at the trial's conclusion on Thursday, January 11th. In an unusual move, Trump, the defendant, spoke for about six minutes, launching a series of attacks before being interrupted by the judge. To find the norms for defendants, Trump not only aimed to present his own summation, but also sidestepped a question from Judge Arthur Engoron about adhering to rules that required him to focus on trial-related matters. Trump asserted his innocence, claiming persecution by someone running for office and asserting that he needed to go beyond the trial's boundaries. I am an innocent man, Trump declared, I'm being persecuted by someone running for office, and I think you have to go outside the bounds. Judge Engoron allowed Trump to continue nearly uninterrupted for a brief personal summation before cutting him off for a scheduled lunch break. The former president's remarks, not televised, added a tumultuous element to the final day of the trial, which centered on allegations that Trump exaggerated his wealth on financial statements, deceiving a bank and insurance companies. Judge Engoron expressed his intention to deliver a verdict by January 31st, as state law does not permit juries in this type of lawsuit. The trial, initiated by New York Attorney General Letitia James in 2022, aims to impose $370 million in penalties 
on the Trump Organization and prohibit him from conducting business in New York. Trump's in-court statements occurred amid heightened tensions following a bomb threat at the judge's house in New York City's suburbs earlier in the day. Despite the scare, court proceedings proceeded as scheduled. Trump, a prominent contender of the Republican presidential nomination, has criticized Judge Engeron throughout the trial, accusing him of close collaboration with Letitia James. The courtroom drama unfolded just days before the start of the presidential primary season with the Iowa caucuses. The judge had previously rejected Trump's plan to deliver his closing remarks in the courtroom, citing concerns about introducing new evidence, making a campaign speech, or launching personal attacks. After traditional closing arguments from Trump's legal team, Trump, not agreeing to the guidelines, spoke on his own, alleging fraud and claiming he was targeted by officials who wanted to prevent him from winning again. The judge intervened, cautioning Trump's lawyers to, quote, control his client, and eventually adjourned the proceedings. New York City Mayor Eric Adams defended his decision to temporarily house migrants in a Brooklyn high school ahead of an approaching winter storm this week, addressing criticism surrounding the city's handling of the migrant crisis. City officials moved hundreds of migrants from a shelter at Floyd Bennett Field to James Madison High School on Tuesday night, January 9th, due to concerns about the impending storm's strong winds. The high school subsequently shifted to remote learning the following day. Despite facing widespread criticism with parents objecting to the school's temporary closure and various elected officials urging the city to find a more sustainable solution for housing migrants, Mayor Eric Adams stood by the decision. Homeless rights advocates, including the Legal Aid Society and the Coalition for the Homeless, described the last-minute evacuation as, quote, traumatic and disruptive for migrant families. The school even received hate calls and a bomb threat. In an, in an interview on Thursday, January 11th, Mayor Adams asserted that the city made the right choice by relocating the migrants to the high school. He emphasized that the city's schools have been utilized in emergency situations before, such as floods and fires. We're not going to say in the city that when we have an emergency that impacts migrants, we're not going to use our school buildings, Adams stated. Defending his decision, highlighting that despite all differing opinions, these are still children and the city should not allow any action that endangers them. He emphasized the commitment to ensuring that no child or family sleeps on the streets of New York due to the city's actions. Responding to concerns about inconveniences caused by the move to remote learning, Adams added, quote, those parents who have stated that we can't inconvenience someone for one day because of other children, that's not acceptable, and I'm not going to put children in harm's way. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries commented on the matter during a press briefing stating that he hadn't been fully briefed, but stressed the importance of ensuring continued access to educational opportunities for all New York City students without disruption moving forward. Number three. Airbus, the world's largest plane manufacturer, experienced a decline of 0.11% as it shattered its nearly decade-old record for the highest number of orders in a single year. The company reported 2,319 gross orders in the past year, more than double the figure in 2022, and a significant 29.1% increase compared to its previous record of 1,796 set in 2014. Airlines seeking to secure new aircraft and limited, amid limited availability have invested billions of dollars to upgrade and expand their fleets in the wake of the pandemic. The surge in demand coupled with a general shortage of planes has led to record profits for some carriers and an increase in ticket prices. Airbus, facing high demand for its A320neos, has seen its popular models sold out until the early 2030s. The competitive market with Boeing, 
has prompted both companies to ramp up production and retool supply chains after significant cuts at the pandemic's onset. Airlines and leasing companies are committed to plane purchases more than a decade in advance, reflecting concerns about production delays and efforts to catch up on output lost during, during the pandemic. The record-breaking orders include significant deals such as a 500 aircraft order from Indian carrier Indigo and a 470 jet order from Air India, split between Airbus and Boeing. In December, Airbus secured a 220-plane order from Turkish Airlines and sold 153 planes to EasyJet and 100 jets to leasing company Avalon. Christian Scherer, head of Airbus's plane-making business, noted the strong momentum in, travel, in the travel industry, with demand exceeding expectations for both single-aisle and wide-body models. Boeing also reported its highest order tally since 2014, with 1,456 gross orders in 2023. Despite these achievements, Boeing faces scrutiny over a recent incident involving its 737 MAX 9, where a panel blew out during an Alaska Airlines flight. In 2023, Airbus delivered 528 aircraft, surpassing Boeing's 735 deliveries. Airbus had aimed for approximately 720 deliveries, while Boeing did not provide an overall delivery target. Airbus took the lead as the world's largest plane maker in 2019, following issues with Boeing 737 MAX that led to a global grounding and a temporary halt in production. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.